It's been about half my life I've been dealing with this. I had a headache every day for about seven years. I've had over 10 concussions and they affected me in every way that you can think of. Things like sports, careers, school, friendships, relationships with family, pretty much everything that you can think of they've affected. What is a concussion? The answer to this question might seem easy in principle, However, the vague nuances and unpredictable nature associated with this brain injury makes it complex for the general public to understand. For decades, people of all different walks of life have been impacted by their experience with a concussion and the lack of support and education they were provided throughout the recovery journey. A man walking his dog, a woman working a late night shift, a student participating in recreational sports, and many more individuals have experienced life-altering changes as a result of an accident that led to their concussion. The Concussion Experience Podcast aims to serve this misrepresented community by sharing the real-life stories of concussion advocates in an effort to learn more about this complex, invisible injury and the impact it has on our lives. Throughout the course of this season, we have composed three questions to help guide our advocates in sharing their experience with concussions. How have concussions affected your life? I think this question is really hard to answer because my situation may be different than some because concussions have affected my whole life because it's been about half my life that I've had PCS or post-concussion syndrome or persistent concussion syndrome, whatever you want to call it, because to me, it's all the same thing. And it's been about half my life I've been dealing with this. I had a headache every day for about seven years. I've had over 10 concussions. I say that because when you start to tell people the real number, it scares people. So 10 plus is the answer. And they affected me in every way that you can think of. And things like sports, careers, school, friendships, relationships with family, pretty much everything that you can think of they've affected. I'm gonna start with, it's hard to know what to start with actually, but I'm gonna start with high school and school because it's kind of just easier to start at the beginning. And I was in high school when I, as I call it, I hit my brick wall and my brick wall was, I had been hiding my symptoms for almost a year and for about eight months I had had a headache every day and I didn't tell anyone because I was show jumping, I wasn't living at home, I was a competitive athlete, I was en route to be a professional athlete, there was nothing else in the cards for me at that time it felt like, so I just kept going and then everything crashed. I couldn't do anything, I couldn't think, I couldn't see, I couldn't do school. So it was time to go to school and I couldn't go. I actually could sleep for about 20 hours a day because of the pain was so severe. I would rather just sleep. So I came up with a system where I would go to one class a day each day. So Monday I'd go to a class, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and usually by Friday I would burn out. And I did that for about six months. And then eventually I managed to go to a little bit more and then there'd be weeks where I didn't go at all. And it was a really big roller coaster. High school was hard because this injury is visible. I had some great support and some really bad support where some people didn't believe what I was going through. And you know, it's fair. Like I was talking about this the other day. The one teacher who tried to remove me from high school, thank you so much, didn't know what I was going through because when I was at school, I hid it. 
I hit it all. I was happy, bubbly with my friends, smiling, laughing, you know, very outgoing. But then they didn't see that when I left that school day, I was in bed. I was on medication, I was in therapy, I was at the hospital, but they didn't see that part, obviously. So to them, I was just faking it and I get that. So I did get through high school and then university was another experience. And university has a lot of memorization, which was really hard because I didn't have a memory. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about that a little bit more later, but I've got accommodations and things and I kept changing my career, which is what I wanted to talk about next because I was kind of afraid for my health. So I originally wanted to be a show jumper and I mean, I'd wanted to do nothing else when I was 14. I was told that's all I'll ever be doing for the rest of my life by coaches. My parents were on board with it and that's what I did. And then when that was about to be taken away, I kept trying to keep, I didn't think I would not be doing it. So I didn't believe anyone. So I kept trying. And and then university came around, as I said, and then I had to think of, well, now what? What if I can't do these kinds of tests? Like I thought of being an accountant and then I was thinking of going to law school and there were so many things that I was like, well, but I can't remember paperwork. So how's that going to work? I can't do a nine to five job. How's that going to work? So I actually had to create my own career once I graduated university. And that is actually being a concussion advocate, which we will talk about later as well. And I have my own podcast, the post-concussion podcast. I help people with concussions around the world, not medically, more just life changes and creating awareness. But I had to find a career that allowed me to stay in bed some days or work all morning, I find actually works really well for me, a break in the afternoon and then work all night. For some reason, the afternoon, my brain is off and that's a lot of the time when my symptoms are worse. So it was just finding something that worked for me. And concussions have definitely affected my life, relationships, for sure. My friendships are strong, but a lot of it, they didn't know what I was going through when I was younger, especially in high school. I didn't talk about it. So that was really hard, but now I talk about it all. So that's made a really big difference in also making me feel less alone because sometimes you don't realize what people around you are going through. And my concussions may have changed my story, but that doesn't mean they had to change it for the worse. So I'm just going to leave it with that. What were the biggest challenges you faced? It's a good question, but it's a hard question because as I mentioned, I had daily headaches and that was definitely the hardest part to deal with was the pain because the pain also clouded all of my other symptoms. I didn't really realize like the light sensitivity and the noise sensitivity and all these things at first because the pain was so severe that it just overclouded everything and the pain was unbearable to be honest, but it did get better. That was probably the hardest part for that. But the other hardest part was memory. I didn't have a good memory and I used to really beat myself up about it. And like I would go into a store and walk out with nothing that I intended to get. And I know that happens to people all the time, but it was all the time. <laughs> and I would read a page and not being able to read was really hard for me because I was a big book nerd before all this started. I actually used to have two books in my purse just in case if I finished the first one while I was out. And all of a sudden I couldn't read a page and tell you what was at the top of it and I couldn't read a page 
stage without increasing symptoms until I did more therapy. And things like that were really hard to deal with. And my head was sensitive because of the pain. So then I dealt with emotional issues, like lack of emotional control and extreme lack of control, especially with my mom, because I always call her a super mom, but because she was the one who was around me the most. And something I always like to say is we take things out on people that we know aren't going to run away. And my mom wasn't going anywhere. So I took it all out on her. And from mean lash outs when I had a headache and when she was just checking on me to random outspurts of anger. And then came the anger, came the sadness. And I would just cry. And I mean, I don't even know why. I would just be standing with someone. They'd be like, you know, there's tears running down your face. I'd be like, oh yeah, I am crying. But like, just ignore it. It's a thing that happens. I'm not upset. I'm not angry. I'm just, I'm just crying. <laughs> and it took me a while to handle that. Like the anger came a lot of the time with the headaches. And I had those headaches for about seven years. The last year or two were a lot less, but the first two years were severe and I was super unhappy. And then as I mentioned, the no-show jumping and it kind of took my identity away because everything I did related to that. Like I did school, but then I studied videos all day. I rode horses all day. That was my circle of friends. I got up in the morning. That was my weekends. That was, that was my life. So when that was taken away, I didn't know what to do. So that was really hard mentally and mental health was probably other than the severe pain mental health was definitely the biggest piece as I say to my puzzle that I often missed and so did a lot of professionals I think a lot of the time they would suggest therapy and I would go to one session not like the therapist at all and then I would never go back and then things like medications I still take a lot of I take about 10 pills a day a lot of them are vitamins but I used to just get fed up as a teenager with them because I just wanted to be a normal kid and I'd be doing all these therapies and after about six months I just quit all of a sudden I wouldn't take any meds I would stop going to therapy I would just give up and I would tell my parents I wasn't giving up on me I was giving up on being a kid and I wanted to have a normal life and I would last for a few weeks and then I would be back in therapy and back and everything else but my mental health struggled and it struggled with a wall up around it and I didn't tell anyone I was struggling and that was probably one of the biggest mistakes I've made and it was hard to talk about because who wants to say that they're mentally ill or depressed and the thing is is people didn't see it because it's not like I, I wasn't alone I was alone with this I always thought but I realized there's a lot of people out there going through the same thing but I did not realize that as a teenager but I have really great parents I have a very big family and I'm really close with my siblings we still talk daily and we see each other daily and we don't live together and I have really close friends but that didn't matter none of that mattered because I was struggling mentally and those mental thoughts were brutal. I had suicidal thoughts and I thought that I was doing really good once. I was in university at the time and I was struggling with not showing still or writing but I was doing okay. I was going through school. My memory wasn't great but it was better than in the past and then I would run so that's my stress reliever and one of my best friends and I have now decided that if I start running I should go back to therapy because every time I start running I'm stressed out and so stressed out I mentally uh, can't handle a lot of stress very well anymore 
and because it increases my symptoms like crazy. And so those thoughts were things like, why don't you drive off the road? Why are you living like this? Who wants to live with this type of pain? How is this a normal life? You can't even read a book. Did you even remember what you did yesterday? Do you remember what you have to do tomorrow? Things like that. Or I'd be talking with friends and all of a sudden I'd completely forget where I was in a sentence or just so many things. It was like, well, this wasn't the life you planned. So why are we doing it anyway? And I did attempt uh, to take my life a few years ago and then my whole life kind of turned around. I was put into mandatory therapy with a psychologist and it actually saved my life. There's a few people I like to say saved my life, but that was one of them for sure because I always push therapy as well, I have good parents, good friends, good family. So why do I need therapy? Because I can talk to them. But then I learned that that's not what therapy is about. Therapy for me was learning tools to control those bad thoughts. So I don't get those bad thoughts like I used to. But if they do come, I can get rid of them now. Say in five minutes instead of hours. I don't spit out of control. I have tools to make those thoughts go away. And that has been one of the biggest differences for me. To just be able to calm down and handle my mental health. And working on that has been probably one of the hardest things I've ever dealt with with but also one of the best things I've overcome because I see mental health so much better than I ever used to and I catch it with people a lot sooner than others would because I've been through it and concussions you go through a lot of challenges like I said I went through a lot and the ones I talked about today are small snippets and not even all of them but you do overcome them and something I always like to say that if you are going through this you just have to take it one day at a time because I used to really beat myself up. Even today, I pushed myself too hard a few months ago and a lot of my symptoms came back and all of a sudden I had to remind myself, okay, we have a headache today. Today is a bad day, but that doesn't mean tomorrow will be. And that's really helped me because I used to let that one bad day kind of spiral into the rest of the week and now I'm able to separate day to day and that's why I always say make sure you take it one day at a time because if you don't, it can be a really hard roller coaster to ride. What does being an advocate mean to you? Being a concussion advocate is now sort of my life. <laughs> kind of crazy to think about it. I always wanted to do something to help people, but I never thought I would create a business and a podcast and all that to help people with concussions and only do that, but that's what I'm doing right now. But being a concussion advocate means creating awareness about the fact that this injury is invisible. And it's also to me is about preventing other people from making the mistakes that I made because I made a lot of them. Though things are changing every day with the science and research behind concussions, I still made a lot of mistakes like hiding everything I was going through. So I may have dealt with this injury for nearly nine years, but I like to create awareness about how it's not just someone in the media going through this. And it's not just sports that we get injured from. It's falling down the stairs, car accidents, daily walks of life. Being an advocate is supporting others who are going through this and their families because I found that was often miss. People forget that it's not just survivors going through this. It's their siblings, it's their partners, it's their parents. We're all going through this and I think it's so important not to forget that and it's so important to tell your story and help others feel less alone because concussion make you feel like you're the only one on the planet going through all this and mental health is really powerful and it's really important to take care of that as well. So being an advocate is important and if I have to 
to make something out of all this bad, create something good that's helping other people get through this a lot better than I did. And I think that's really important. And I just like to say thank you so much for having me on today. It has been a wonderful time talking to all of you and make sure you keep your head up. We want to thank Bella Page for sharing her story and providing more awareness and understanding to this complex invisible injury. If you found Bella's story to be insightful, then we encourage you to share it with the people in your circle and join us in bringing more awareness to concussions and traumatic brain injuries. Advocates are inspiring individuals that take the time to openly share their experience with this injury in an effort to help us challenge the stigma. And if you're interested in joining this community or want to learn more about this program, then visit our website at www.headsupcan.ca slash advocates for more information. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Concussion Experience Podcast. And it would mean so much to us if you could leave a rating and review below to help us continue growing this initiative.